wide receiver set for the 49ers. It's George Kittle at the bottom. Somehow the handoff into the arms of Mostert. He's gone. Touchdown, San Francisco. Around that time, like, uh, yep, you were on draft and you were battling to get on, on a roster, but you had some other stuff going on in your life that was, like, pretty significant, right? And so... Yeah, um, yeah I got that news that my brother had been shot by my father um, on Father's Day. Um, he'd been shot four times. I can't believe this shit. And he's, like, really, like, crying. He's like, your brother just got shot. And for me at the moment when I was coming in, it was to, to do my best to try to make the team, you know, just just thinking about, OK, what's my one moment that I need to focus on this time? Welcome to the Toughness Podcast. My name is Patty Steinfeld, your host, and we've got a special guest today, a record breaker from the NFL, Raheem Moster. Welcome to the show. What's going on, Patty? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How you doing out there in Cali right now? Yeah, hey, I'm living, man. It's, uh, you know, just hunkered down right now in the hotel. We just reported at camp. So, um, you know, just got to wait to get these final two tests going for the, the, the COVID. But um, I'm, I'm excited, man, and I can't wait. Man, good. Ready to, ready to get going again. It's been a while since that uh, record-setting day for you. We'll get, we'll get to that a little further into the show, but just reminiscent about the, the first time we met, which was, it seems so long ago now, it's like six years maybe, your yeah. first team in the NFL, my first team in the NFL. Um, what are your recollections of, that, of your first ever training camp in the pros? Man, um, you know, coming in at the time, um, I was an undrafted guy in 2015 and, um, you know, just, just trying to look for a home – um, and, you know, us being going to Philly and starting our careers in, in the league, you know, it's something that I cherish every day that I think about, man. And um, at, first, at first for me, um, every, when I sit back and look at it, you know, um, it, it was a blessing being able to be coached under you, you know, you giving your ways, teaching your ways really helped me get through a lot of things. You know, the workshops you had had us doing um, when I was on the team and stuff like that. Um, and training camp and all that, man, really helped uh, my mental aspect and my mental game. And and I would like to say kudos to you, man. You know, it really works. It, and if people ever have any doubt about, you know, the, the mental aspect of the game and, and the mental aspect of anything, you know, um, reach out to somebody like you is definitely key because, you know, you, like I said, you helped me grow. We haven't talked in, in some years, but, you know, being reconnected to, to those things that really helped me get started, man, definitely – definitely helped me through through those rough times and yeah man I, when I look back at it it's definitely worth it I appreciate you man I'm humbled by you saying that I get little goosebumps <laughs> when, when when that sort of stuff comes up and especially uh you might not know this you're about to find out but you were the first individual athlete that I sat down with in America I'd worked in Australia for a little bit but you were the first one-on-one -on -one conversation I had with a, oh, with a really? pro player right and uh and you know that around that time, like, uh, yep, you were on draft and you were battling to get on, on a roster, but you had some other stuff going on in your life that was pretty significant, right? And so yeah. to hear you say that, it, uh, it really touches me. And I'm humbled, man. I'm humbled. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little more about what that program entailed. And then more fascinating is, is the rest of your journey since then. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to ask you to share anything you're not comfortable with, but you went through a lot before you really – landed even in the NFL before you even we even sat together the first time right and went through that mm -hmm. training camp how much are you comfortable talking about in terms of some of the setbacks the, the resilience you had to show to get through stuff that wasn't even related to football I mean it, I'm definitely comfortable now um you know now that people are starting to you know notice me and stuff like that I'm definitely um more comfortable just going out here and, and telling my side of the story you know to sharing my views and my uh, opinions about not only the game of football, but in life, um, you know, that's something that I want to teach everyone, you know, and I want at least one person to learn from me um, and, and learn from what I went through and hopefully, you know, it'll get them through their situations. That's always been my mantra, my mindset. Um, I mean, even when you, like I said, when you helped me out, you know, you told me to just focus on one thing at that moment. And for me at the moment when I was coming in, it was the to do my best to try to make the team, you know, um, 
that was that was my most important thing. But now that I started to grow and understand and being in the league almost six years now, um, definitely helped with, with that aspect, you know, just, just thinking about, okay, what's my one moment that I need to focus on this time? What is the one thing that I, that I can get better at? What's the one thing that's in this now, you know, that I could definitely work on so that way I can improve my game or even improve being a man, you know, being a husband, being a father, um, being a best friend, being someone, you know, a, a person that they can count on. So um, all those things really take into account. And, and for me, like I said, I'm definitely more comfortable with sharing my journey because it's a story. Um, and it's someday, a hell of a story, man. It, it's not, it is. Once I saw it, there was an article in Bleacher Report, I think recently that, that yeah, shared a lot yeah. of it. So, so now I've, I've been able to talk about it a little more, but I'll let you give most of the details. I'll just share what I remember from that first sit down, which was just literally blew my mind because yeah. I'm like, Hey, what's up guy? How you doing? Like, you know, coach is saying you might be struggling a bit. How you doing? And, and you're like, yeah, I've got some stuff going on. I was like, Oh, you want to yeah. tell me? And you're like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, this, you said some stuff going on with your dad and then your brother and also yeah. your, your now wife, but your girlfriend at the time was like, yeah. there's so much going on for you. And my mind, like, if you can imagine a, an emoji with the, the brains exploding, <laughs> yeah, that was that was me sitting there just being like, holy shit! I'm like, like I'm kind of trained, <laughs> but this is damn, this is new. And I remember, yeah. I do, I do remember distinctly one thing because I was like, all right, there's so much here that it's gonna, we're going to have to do a lot of like, going to catch up a lot, and you're going to give talk a lot more about other stuff. But for right now. I gave you this analogy, which is a quote from a guy called John Kabat-Zinn. I didn't know at the time that you were a bit of a surfer, like the, that yep. you had surfed, right? And I said, yep. hey, you can't stop the waves. You but did. You, you can learn, said that. We're going to learn how to surf. That's all this is. Yeah. So every day we would, we would talk, you know, talk about what are you going to do today? What's happening today in terms of getting through camp? And um, obviously to hear you even talk about that a moment ago means that it stuck with you. But I, w- I want to leave it to you to share whatever you want about some of the stuff that was going on for you in your life when we first met there. Well, before we first met, um, you know, I was going through college um, and, and um, all that type of stuff. And what I went through with my experience, you know, some people might've thought it was like real glamorous and, you know, me being, being on full ride scholarship, which is fine. You know, it was lovely. And I, I love the experience that I went through, but I was dealing with more personal stuff, you know, um, my junior year of college, um, I was running in the national championship for track, um, you know, and I, I didn't have any opportunity um, with the new coaching staff in football. So that's the reason why I, you know, wanted to run track. So that track season, you know, I'm doing well. I'm winning Big Ten championships here and there, um, indoor and outdoor. And uh, it's the national championship uh, track meet in Eugene, Oregon. And um, it's on Father's Day. And that day, you know, I call my, my um, he's not really my biological father, but he's been there ever since I was born. So technically he is my father. But, um, you know, it was one thing I called him that day and I wished him a happy Father's Day, you know, um, told him I love him and stuff like that. And I went to go to my races um, and, you know, I didn't do too well. So it was one of those things for me. I was already bummed out after the fact that, that you know, I lost my races and my competition you know I'm very competitive and and I I hate to lose so that took a little bit of a a tumble on me you know uh, mental wise Mm. so I get back from the national championship meet we're flying into Chicago O'Hare airport and um, I get a phone call from my she was my girlfriend at the time my wife my girlfriend at the time and she's like Raheem what the hell's going on like she's crying hysterical I'm like babe what's going on what are you talking about like and I haven't even touched the ground yet. I'm still in the air. We're just about to ascend right now. And, um, yeah, she's calling me and she's like, what the hell's going on? Like, I can't believe this is happening. I said, what are you talking about? And then one of my best friends calls me, uh, Samson. Um, he calls me and he's like, he's crying. I, I knew it was real. Like my wife crying. I'm like, okay, you know, this girl is emotional. (laughs) Like, you know, it's like girls emotional, you know, um, you know, I don't know what she's dealing with right now. You know, we'll figure it out when I get back to the university. Um, but my boy was crying from back at home and he called me crying. I'm like, dude, this dude's like tough as nails. Like, there's no way in hell he's supposed to be crying. Well, he calls me. He's like, bro, what the hell's going on? Like, 
I can't believe this shit. And he's like really like crying. He's like, your brother just got shot. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, your bro just got shot, man. And then I had one of my other best friends call me Crystal Ball. Um, I grew up with both of these boys and they were both, the, they were like the best men in my wedding and everything. So um, he called me, he was crying. I'm like, oh hell, like it's really going down. But um, yeah, I got that news that my brother had been shot by my father um, on Father's Day. Um, he'd been shot four times. And, you know, at the time I could have, I really was thinking about leaving that airport, going to find my father. And For real? I don't know what what I would have done, but I would have thrown my whole entire life away. Oh, my and God. Thankfully, my wife reached out to my football coach at the time and was like, hey, Raheem's brother just got shot, you know. Um, try to see if you can get in touch with him. And so the, the football coach called my track coach because he knew I was there. And my track coach is a big, firm believer in Christianity and, you know, um, he making sure that I'm safe and protected and that I don't do anything dumb. And um, I remember at the time, you know, not having a job or anything like that. I had about like 600 bucks in my, in my account. And I was looking for flights ASAP from point A Chicago to point B down in Daytona. And um, yeah, it was one of those things where I just knew that I was going to mess my life up, but I didn't care because my little brother needed me. And um, so the football coach called the track coach and was like, hey, look, man, don't allow Raheem to leave, whatever you do. And my track coach did his job. He did just that. He made sure I was good. He was like, how about we just try to call your brother, see if, you know, see if he's all right. So I called my brother and I'm on the bus and we're driving from O'Hara back down to, to Purdue University. And um, he tells me, I call my brother and he's like, like with a real like soft pitch, like hurting voice. He's like, "Hey, bro, what's going on? I'm, I'm fine. I'm I'm about to go into surgery." No and at that moment, as soon as I was like, "Bro, you need me to come down there? Like, I'll I'll be down there." And I'll never forget the words that came out of his mouth was so inspirational to me. It was just like, "Bro, you keep doing your thing. Like, don't worry about me. I'll be fine." Like, that's amazing. I, I I've got these these holes in me, but don't worry about it. Like, these holes are gonna get filled. Wow. And when he said that to me, I was just like astonished. Like, this is my little brother. You know, he's he's four years younger than me. You know, he's like, he's like, so he's in high like, school. He's in high school at this time. No, no, he's out of no? high school. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, at the time of this. Incident, oh, at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had just graduated. Um, uh -huh. He had just graduated, so you know, it was one of those things where, like, I went to his graduation that year, and so proud of him and stuff like that, man. You know, he came a long way, um, but. Yeah, when he had called me and told me, like, look, I'm, I'm fine, man. Don't worry about it. These holes are going to be filled. I just couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, all right, bro, like, I, I'm going to do this for you. Like, at that moment, like, I think the mental aspect just kicked in for me. Like, I cannot be denied because I got I got so many people riding on this for me, like, with me. Like, you know, and so when he had talked to me about that, man, it just, like I said, from then on, I just – try to get my mental aspect up and, you know, everything was a competition for me, even though it was before, but, you know, it's just that extra boost of confidence. And, you know, then that's when I met you, um, you know, my, my rookie year, um, senior year didn't go so, so well for me in college. Um, I mean, I came in as a starter, you know, I, I mean, it was supposed to be, I, I technically forced their hand because of what I did on the track, you know, yeah. um, but I came in as a starter and I finished, like at least third on the depth chart again. So it wasn't like, you know, anything serious. I had like 500 yards. That's why I went undrafted. Um, and how much do you think, how much do you think you would put that down to like, you were still dealing with shit. You, you were dealing with stuff that no one else could imagine. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I still, I, I was still thinking about it, man, constantly, you know, just because like I said, I, I didn't want to go back to Florida because, you know, I, God knows what would have happened if I, you know, okay, got my degree and just went back. So I knew that the only way I could make things happen in my life was to try to push for the league, um, you know, push for my career, no matter what. And, you know, being undrafted, you know, I there's so many people that say, look, he's probably going to be, you know, late round draft pick, you know, um, all this other stuff. He might not even be a starter in the league. He's probably going to play three more years. 
um, he's probably going to play a max of three years of special teams in the league. And, like, I'm a testimony of what people, you know, can – people have a lid on, on, on you. Like, mm-hmm. it's up to you whether you accept that lid or not. That's true. And that's, that's one thing you helped me with when I was going through – you know, with the Eagles and Philly, we had met up and we had those discussions. And yeah, at the time, I believe you were probably the only person that I really opened up to just because I'm not a very, at the time, I wasn't a very open, opening up type of guy. You know, I was just more secluded by myself. I love my, my girlfriend and, you know, I'm with her and our dog and that's about it. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't care about anything else, but come to you, like, you have those workshops that you did with the team. You know, i never forget the one workshop you had us do was partner up with each other in the auditorium. You remember that one? And you mm-hmm. write down, you write down like specific, I still have the notebook that I, and I look at it every year, you know? Um, and I write down, you told us to write down like something good that people say about you, something, something negative that people say about you. It's something that, you know, you don't care what they, what they see about you. Like you, you write your book. And you, you partnered me up with Darren Sproles, one of the OGs, like, what you a know. What a man. What, exactly. And so, like, you partnered – we partnered up, and and to hear what he had to say on his end was like, wow. Like, everybody counted this guy out just because he was too short, too small. He played however many years in the league. He's holding the record for, like, all-purpose yards. Like, like uh, this is a great matchup. So, I'm learning from him. I'm learning from you. So, it was, like, perfect. I love the fact that, like, if, if anyone's watching, you'll say, I'm grinning away while you tell this story. Not because I'm enjoying the story, but, I mean, I am enjoying the story, but not because I'm enjoying the, the setbacks you're going through. I'm laughing almost at the fact that, like, maybe 10 minutes ago, you're like, yeah, you know, and then I made it to San Francisco and I was there. And I'm like, yo, 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 I feel like there was more setbacks. Yeah, yeah. I, I go through that, that phase in Philly and then um, I get cut from Philly, get on their practice squad. Um, then I get picked up by the Dolphins the day that we were playing um, uh, the Falcons. It was a Monday night game, the first season opener Monday night game against the Falcons. I had got picked up by the Dolphins off the practice squad at 12.02 <laughs> noon time. And we were about and you're to play. you're playing at what time? I think game, game time was at 8. <laughs> so you had six hours to get the playbook down, right? Yeah, so I bought it. So um, my agent called me up and he was like, hey, man, you just got picked up by the Dolphins. You're, you're going to be on their roster. And so the only thing that I have, you know, traveling with the team, like you have the team specific gear. That's all I had was the Eagles gear that they gave us. I didn't have anything else because, you know, I, this is our first game. You know, guys don't – I'm not playing, so I'm, I don't need to bring an outfit or anything like that. But I never forget – um, I got picked up, and my wife was my girlfriend at the time. She was back in Philly, and we were about to sign a lease for a brand new apartment. And she was in the hotel, and she had to grab my suitcase out of the the, the um, hotel and bring it to the the facility to pack all my stuff up to ship it back to Miami with me. Right, and you were signing that lease because you made the practice squad. In the, I made the practice right? squad, right, so right. I was because I remember that, that those those preseason games like. We, I think we first sat, you and I individually, in maybe week two-ish, like we did that yeah. first week and, and also the rookie program. And then uh, you were, I think it was Deuce Staley at the time, yeah. running back yeah. coach, right? Yeah. Yep. And he was like, hey, can you get with most? Like he's, he's been great, but other days he's like really struggling. And so we talked a little bit about some of the stuff you just spoke about. Yeah. But I remember vividly like, Partly because you, I was, you know, you're a great dude, and, and you were going through some shit that I couldn't imagine. But yeah. Partly because we'd actually talked about it and done some exercises. I watched you over each of the preseason games. Go from, you know, you don't get a lot of time if you're fourth. I think you were running fourth at that point because yeah, there was, I was. It was there was, was Marco Murray, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, and Kenyon Barner. Right, and so you were, you and Kenyon were fighting out for four. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So you were barely getting reps and, and then you got more as it went on, but you, you really started to become more consistent and more yeah. like a little bit like, fuck it. Like you were just turning up and going, letting yourself yeah. go. Right. Do you yeah. remember anything in particular that was like, that freed you up in that sense to be like, I'm just going to go. I think it was the words that you told me. You were like, 
honestly, you just need to be a self-starter. Like, you need to go in there and just not give a damn about, like, what's at stake. You just need to go in there and just play your game and have fun. You told me to do that, and I was just – I listened. Like, yeah, Deuce was, like he, – he was a great – he's a great mentor. Like, he's been in the game. He's played the game a long time, and he's coached it as well at a high level. And so, for him, you know, to even listen to what he said, too, and then Sproles and all those guys in the room, you know, it was just like – Sproles told me too, like, man, don't worry about it. Like, you gonna if you're not on this roster, you're gonna make a roster. Like, believe that. And ever since that, it was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna let loose. Like, I don't I have nothing else to lose. Like, either I'm right. gonna make this a, a career of mine or I'm just gonna, you know, take my degree in business management and go figure out what I wanna go do next. Like that to me, that's a great it sounds great, right? If you're listening to this or you're watching yeah. this and you've never heard of or you haven't been a fan of Raheem until he blew up in the conference championship game, that's what, yeah. in most people's eyes, that's what happened, right? Yeah. But it's not as simple as like, okay, you went through um, training camp, you got better and better, and then you landed on the Dolphins list and all of a sudden you're an NFL player, right? Because you got yeah. cut four got, times in that one year? Yeah, I got cut four times that year. I, I was So I got cut by Eagles and then picked up by Dolphins, got cut like a month after that. Um, and then I got picked, I was about to sign, <laughs> that's another story. So I was about to sign my practice squad uh, contract. I walked into the building and my agent called me. He was like, Raheem, get out of there. Like you just got picked up by Baltimore. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> it was like, I literally I'm walking up the stairs. I just talked to the receptionist, you know, like, oh, where do I need to go to sign my practice squad papers? And she's like, right up those stairs, you'll meet so-and-so. And so walking up the stairs, midway in the stairs, my agent calls me. He's like, hey, you just got picked up by Baltimore. The GM's going to – Ozzie Newsom's going to call you. So Ozzie calls me. He's like, hey, Raheem, what's going on? You know, we just want to tell you, man, like you've been picked up. And it all worked out because we played the Ravens in the preseason with the Eagles, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was like they saw something that they liked when I was with them. So it goes back to like – you never know who's watching you too, you know, like everybody's watching you. Somebody's always watching you. Somebody's always, you know, seeing what you do. They, they may be on the sideline or they may be in a booth. You never know, but they have their eye on you and um, it, it's a full circle, you know. It's a, it's definitely something. I mean, it happens a lot in baseball because they, they, their player movement is crazy compared to the other mm -hmm. sports. But even for people who aren't athletes, right, because there's a lot of people listening here who are not going to be – NFL players or MLB yeah. players or even coaches in that in that area. They could be uh, someone who, who is in the military, uh, someone who is at medical school, someone who is uh, an artist in LA. Like it could be anything, right? Yeah. But a lot. I remember Brett Brown, coach of the 76ers, saying this to me after they eventually hired me, I think maybe five years after I met Brett Brown. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he said, I remember you coming in five years ago. You're better yeah. now. But I yeah. remember that five years ago, right? And, and it is something that is common for a lot of guys who might bounce around. You just never know. You never know yeah. who's in the room, right? Yeah, you really never know because that one person that was in the back corner, you know, just in that meeting room, you know, when you're going over like analytics for some, some business and you're giving your, your speech and, you know, you're trying to sell, you know, your, your goods to a person, that one person in the back that's just listening to your presentation might have caught that one spark that you said, you know, um, or that, that one thing that, that was a, a, a niche for them that they could use for their company, their business. And once that meeting wraps up, is adjourned. And, you know, and now, now you're in contact with that person now didn't say anything, you know. So it's like you're always – there's always somebody watching you, um, especially in the, the professional world of, of sports, you know. Little kids watch you all the time, so – I mean, there's little kids going to be watching podcasts. Little kids going to be listening on what I have to say. Um, and, and they're, they're going to take it. I get, you know, DMs and on Instagram and Twitter all the time about, you know, oh, I heard you on, you know, this show, that show, on, on this interview. And, you know, it, it's an inspiration for me. I, I can't believe you went through all that stuff just to get to where you're at now. And like I said, I, I just tell my side of the story now and, I just want people to see what I, what all I went through in my lens, you know, in my eyes. So that way maybe it'll save somebody and maybe, you know, it'll just give them that extra encouragement that they need to, to accomplish something. It's a brilliant, I mean, your story is, is one of the most fascinating because of 
that early stuff that you've already shared. And we're not even halfway through your professional journey right now. It's yeah. three, three teams. We'll, we'll, we'll continue in a second. But you mentioned there that, like, you take pride and you value a lot the fact that young kids, and maybe not even young kids, maybe 30-year-old men or mm-hmm. a 20-year-old woman can look at your story and, and draw inspiration or draw some sort of value from it and, and help them with their journey. Who was that for you? When, you, when we're at like Baltimore and then you get cut again and we'll go into the rest of your story, like who do you look to when you were really struggling and it just seemed like the world wasn't going to let you do this? Honestly, truthfully, it was my best friend, my wife. You know, her being with me, you know, she really like encouraged me. She's so like, she her heart is always in the right place, always like, you know, very detailed about everything. And so, you know, even when I got cut, what, it was probably by – Hey man, so okay, we'll finish the story about my my first rookie year, and then I'll tell right. you what All happened. Right. So, um, get with Baltimore, eight weeks I'm with them, you know, playing special teams, doing my thing. Um, then get cut. Um, you know, they needed an extra roster spot, so they felt like I was the one that you know needed to be cut, and so I get picked up by Cleveland, and that's where my wife's from. So we're in Cleveland. I played the final three three games of the season with Cleveland. Um, and then we go into the following offseason. I'm with them for training camp and preseason. Um, I make the 53-man roster there. Um, and then I get cut um, a day later. Um, you know, it was something that was not planned. I thought I did great. Made it. You yeah, made I it. thought I made it again, you know. Um, we got an apartment in Cleveland. Um, you know, my wife's happy, family, relatives, everybody's there. Um, like I said, she's from there. So, and you're married like, at this point. I was engaged. Yeah, that's right. We I, were friends I, on Facebook and I remember seeing your thing come up that you got engaged to this girl that we'd spoken about like yep. a year or two before. I, propo- I proposed to her when we were in Baltimore. It was right. on the day before Thanksgiving. I proposed to her. So, um, I never forget that, but, um, yeah, so. I proposed to her, and then I went through that whole roster stuff again with Cleveland. The day I got cut on, um, in Cleveland was the same day my wife, my girlfriend at the time, had her bridal shower. And so I couldn't – I called her dad up. I, I, was like, I was in the apartment all by myself, just got cut. You know, I didn't even tell her what all happened. I had called her, or I had called my, my father-in-law, and I talked to him. I said, hey, man, look, I'm letting you know right now, like, I'm not going to tell Devin or her mom that I had just got cut from the Browns. So I need you to, like, I'm telling you that I had got cut. So when they get home, you know, I'm going to let her have her day right now because it's a bridal shower, you know. It's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing for her. And so I told him, like, you know, I'm. this is between you and I. I need you to just make sure she's happy right now. Um, and then I'll break the news when she gets home. And so she gets home and I broke, I had to break the news to her. She's, she's crying there, you know, I'm crying too. Cause I, I just can't believe, you know, I done went through all this already. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I put my, I put my heart and soul out there on the field, um, especially for an organization like the Browns, you know, I just, I couldn't believe it. Um, and then, that's when we had that talk that, that what you mentioned that, you know, who was the the person that I could look to, you know, um, even after all those cuts, you know, I, I talked to her, even dealing with, you know, being cut on her bridal, her bridal shower. Um, we had that, that it was that real talk, you know, I asked her, I said, Hey, look, we sat down and I, I call it the family, the family meeting between her and I, um, and our bulldog, if you want to. <laughs> Your first child. Yeah, yeah, my first <laughs> child. Yeah, bulldog. So, um, yeah, we sat on our couch and, you know, I asked her, I said, hey, look, um, I know things haven't been going the way I planned it. And I don't know the next move for me right now. And, you know, I don't know how my career is going to shape out. But do you still see me playing this game? You know, I love it so much. I would do anything for it. And uh, she looked at me and she was like, if you love this game like like you say you do, like I know you do, you wouldn't quit. Like you'll keep going no matter what. And she looked me with like 
it was like all the cry that she had from us being cut, you know, it was just like those tears just completely vanished. And it went in straight into hard shell mode. Like, no, that's not an option. Like you're, you're doing what you love. Like you got to be fully vested, fully committed to this. And she told me that, man. And that ever since then, it was just like, you know what? Let's get this going then. Cause yeah. I did have some doubt at the moment, you know, that, like you said, that, that little, that was your that, fourth team you've been cut from in yeah. one year. Yeah. So it was like that little, like that little doubt that I had, it was just like, man, like, I don't know how this is going to play out for my career. Like I need to figure this out or else I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be what I want to be. Like, I want to be a gold jacket member. I want to, I want to, hoist the trophy up, you know, win a Super Bowl. I want a ring. Like, I want mm. all that type of stuff, you know. And it's interesting. You're mentioning stuff there, like, a lot of people who will get cut, particularly <laughs> if they get cut once or twice, like, and this, this applies to people who might lose jobs or not get mm. the promotion they want, right? Or uh, there's so much setback going on for different people uh, in any area of life that some people will respond to it in a way of, no way, I'm not going to let that happen, but it's potentially because of ego, Mm. Or it's potentially because I don't want to lose this thing. But you spoke there. Everything you mentioned and everything that you said your wife mentioned was about it's what I love and it's what I want to go after and it's what I want to do. Like it was more about what you want to get and attack and go forward to rather than trying to avoid stuff. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that was the thing that I, I wanted to feel. Like I, I love that feeling of, hey, look, I'm going to make full conviction, full sacrifice like for the thing that I love the most and like why wouldn't you want to put your heart and soul into it it's just it, it baffles me when people like tell me hey look you know you don't went through four cuts I would have thrown in the towel like mm -hmm. after two cuts I would have thrown in the towel I'm like well that's you like that's what you believe in that's your conviction like mine so, is different <laughs> yeah it is different man your story is different and we're only halfway through it what you say that you know because you love it that much you, I'm going to do it, right? Why would, why would you do anything else? Were you prepared for, like, what, what if it didn't work? Like, did you and your wife talk about that? I'm going to get, let's go again and get picked up somewhere else. And how long were you going to do this until you're like, all right, I don't got a career? Honestly, no, we never even talked about that because that wasn't even in our mindset. Like, it really wasn't. Like, I, I never, I, I can't even remember a moment when I was just like, all right, I got cut. What are we going to do? Like, how are we going to survive? Where, like, we, we got some bills. But, I mean, what are we going to do, like, for money-wise? Like, I never thought about that. It was more so I'm not thinking about anything else besides going to get what I have to get. Like, that was it. That, that, that was my mindset. Yeah. <laughs> but, some people, but it's like some people, they, they do have that, like I said, that doubt. And, if, like I said, if you really love something, man, no matter how much you have to go through to, to get to where you want to get to you you'll find a way i always use it's funny because i always use the i was just talking to one of my one of my teammates about it um you ever seen like a a, a stray dog on the street mm -hmm. you know the stray dog ne never knows when his next meal is coming it could be a month from now two months from now three months from now but that one stray dog will have that one attitude of finding that 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 food he'll get that he it. does yeah he'll yeah. he'll go find it he'll go find it somewhere or another if it's 15 miles down the road he's gonna find that that food um and that's the analogy that i like to use you know i'm i'm definitely a straight i'm the ugly dog in the streets like i, I i'm fine <laughs> with that <laughs> I, I will be the ugly dog in the streets the straight dog you know who his bones are, his ribs are showing his bones are showing um i have no problem but i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna find my way and that way is the food, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna find I, my food. I think that I think the Eagles actually spoke externally after they won their Super Bowl a few years after we were done. There was they had a sign either in the running backs room or in the O line room it said "Hungry Dogs Run Faster." Yeah, it's true. And and, and that was it. Like and and so would you would you say your advice then to like people who may be at a crossroads where they could quit something to move to something else, or they could kind of give up or half ass an attempt? And they're saying, yeah, but I am scared. Like, I'm not Raheem Mostert. I don't have yeah. a wife by my side who's just going to, you know, be a ride or die. So mm -hmm. your advice to them is like, okay, you might be scared, but find what you really love and what you really want and make it all about that. And the fear will go away. Or does the fear yeah. stay there? I mean, you're always going to have fear. 
but you got to let that fear build into and manifest into love and passion and conviction. Because if you let that, if you let that fear just creep in and let that fear keep growing into more fear and more fear and inevitably you're just not going to enjoy, you know, what you thought you would be able to enjoy. Um, I mean, for prime example, like I went to college to be, um, you know, a business management type of person um, and business management, man, at Craner at Purdue University is tough. Like it is extremely tough. And, you know, I was going through it. I, I got my degree, but it was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm fearing the fact that I'm about to fail this class. You know, I'm, I'd be lucky to get a C on the, on the thing, you know, like on the exam, but it was like that, that full commitment that I had was like, you know what, but at the end of the day, my one goal is I want to be the first to graduate in my family. Like, that's my goal. Like, I don't care about anything else. If I'm able to say that I'm the first, I'm the first person to graduate in my family. That's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. Get what I want to get done, get what I want to accomplish. And it's tough. You know, when you had that fear, because like I said, I, I failed a class before my, my, uh, freshman year, I failed a class and I took that class right over again the following semester and passed it with a B plus. It was like, I mean, I, you I, just I doubled was, down. Yeah. It's just like, I doubled down, but at the same time, I didn't let that fear just manifest into to more fear. I, I manifest into, okay, this is passion. This is what I want to get done. This is how I'm going to attack it. Like, Right. So you took yeah. the fear and you were looking at it like, oh, if I'm if I'm this scared, it must mean something to me. Yeah. Like it must must be important as it opposed to be, like scary. It, yeah, it must be. It has to be important. Like right. I don't know any any other way. Like it if it, if it's my degree on the line, I'm going full conviction on getting my degree. I'm gonna be the first person to graduate my family from a major university and I'm gonna accomplish this feat and then we'll move on from there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Like it's it's an interesting. I didn't expect this story to come up. This is one of the great things about this podcast is that people I'll go in thinking I know this person's story. They're going to go here, and all of a sudden we're talking about fear, you know, in a way that like actually matches some of the things that we might have spoken about in that first course at the Eagles. Mm-hmm. In terms of being able to deal with ang- pre-game anxiety, right? And this forget if you're not an athlete as a listener or a watcher, you might be. Uh, giving a presentation at work. You might be about to start your own business. You might be about to ask the person who you're going to marry out on the first date. Like things get nervous, right? Yeah, but you, yeah. only, you only get anxiety and nerves usually to that level when things are really important to you. Yeah. If you didn't care, you turn up to the conference championship and you're not nervous at all, that's probably an issue, right? There, there should be right. a little bit of butterflies because it means something to you. Yeah, when you have those butterflies and, you, you know, it's like, like, okay, when I, let's see, when I proposed to my wife, right, I had to, I had to have that talk with my father-in-law. <laughs> and <laughs> me being me, I've never had to deal with, like, stuff like that before. Like, like my previous relationships, like, yeah, I was cool with the father-in-law, but it wasn't like, like, hey, man, dap up. Like, I love you, man. Like, you're the best ever. Like, your daughter's awesome. Like, I just want to spend the rest of my life with her. But I had that butterfly in me, like, Man, I know. I already know the answer. I know what I'm gonna get. It's just like, but still, it's like that anxiety. And I tell people all the time, like, don't ever let you know, don't ever ever let your highs be too high and your lows be too low. You got to be constant, right in the middle, because you can never expect too high and you can never expect too low. When you start to you know fluctuate between the two, that's when you start getting nervous, and that's when you start really not being yourself and acting out of character. And so that's, that's the thing that I always try to do like every day is like, Hey man, look, I don't went through so many teams. I don't been through, you know, through the trenches with, you know, different organizations and people still comment today. Like after the performance I had last year, they're still telling me like, Oh man, he's just a one hit wonder. He's this, that, and the other, like they're still setting caps on me. So I'm, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to let that affect me, but I'm also not going to downgrade from what I, right. I know I can do. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, and, and that just applies not only to football, but also to life. Like, don't ever have somebody tell you what you can and can't do. You be the judge of your book. Like, you be the, you be the judge of your own, your own self, your own inner self. Because at the end of the day, that's all you can really count on. You can't count on somebody's word that says, 
oh, he sucks, he's not this, he's not that, or, oh, he's too good, he's too this, he's too that. You know, you always got to just be right on yourself. Be trust. be truthful in yourself. That's, a, that's some great advice right there, great advice. Yeah. And, it, and it's, uh, well, I won't go there. So we could go down a whole nother rabbit hole around expectations <laughs> after you reach a certain level. We haven't even got there yet. Let's continue on the journey that eventually takes you out west to, out west to San Francisco, yeah. uh, where you are now. But on the way out there, you, you, you go from Cleveland cutting you and you've had that chat with your wife. There's yeah. still a couple of steps before you end up in San Fran, right? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I had that talk with my wife. Um, I wasn't on any, any roster for a whole week, you know, just being at home, working out, you know, by myself. Um, and then get a call from the Jets. I get picked up with the Jets um, and put on their practice squad. I'm with the Jets for about a week. And then I get cut again. So that's really like, okay, the Jets organization. So that's number five now. That's number five. And the Jets aren't a good team. Right. And so I'm like, you know, I always had that doubt. I always had that doubt in my head. Like, at the time, I was like, man, I'm like, am I really that bad? Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm putting good stuff out on tape. Like, I'm running the practice squad very well. Like, I'm giving great looks. You know, I'm doing, doing my part. I mean, I even got teammates that are on rosters telling me how – I'm doing a great job giving them looks, you know, um, all that type of stuff. And then I'm just like, well, am I really that bad? You know, I'm, I hope I'm not. So then I get cut by them and and then I get picked up by um, the Bears. So I'm in Chicago. I get picked up by the Bears in Chicago. Um, I'm off and on with the roster and practice squad. You know, I get, I get on the practice squad and then they bump me up to the roster I'm on the roster for about a game, then I get cut again and then brought back on practice squad, then get bumped up again and then, and then play another game, and then brought cut again, brought back down. So I mean there's more really more cuts in there than, than yeah, I more, more tell cuts people. than you had teams. Yeah, yeah. So um I then I get brought back on practice squad and then um we're in practice. Um I'm, I'm over here on the kickoff return team and uh, scout kickoff return for the, the that week, and uh, I'm the returner. And so I go and catch a ball and off the judge machine to give a look, and it's the last play of practice, and I break my pinky. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I thought I just jammed it. Um, going to the weight room, because we had, like, after practice, you go into the weight room to lift. Mm-hmm. And so going to the weight room, and I'm starting my lift, Pinky still bothering me. You know, I go up and I try to do some pull-ups um, and I can't even like really grab onto it without this excruciating pain going through my hand. Um, and then I go to the doctor. I'm like, hey, man, I, 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 I think I broke my pinky. You know, we get a little x-ray here and they're like, yep, sure enough, you have a broken pinky. You know, I broke it like right here going across. So, so then you're that, in a cast. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a cast in a splint for about six weeks um not doing anything i'm back in cleveland now i'm still on the practice squad for them they call it practice squad ir so basically i'm still on practice squad um and so i had a choice whether to stay on the practice squad that year um or get cut and then potentially try to get picked up by another team well i get i choose to take my chances and get you know i get released and and I get cleared by the doctor in Chicago, get released. And um, that's when I land in San Francisco. Um, they're playing against Miami when I got picked up. So um, that Sunday I had it, it was like a couple couple days after Thanksgiving. Um, that Sunday I got picked up and I flew to Orlando because they were playing in Miami, but then they had to um, – they had to stay in Orlando. We we're going to practice because they had an East Coast game, two East Coast games back to back. So they were going to stay on the East Coast the entire time. Um, and so I land in Miami or in Orlando while they're in Miami and they come up to my or Orlando. And that's when I meet the team. But as I'm walking in, um, the guy that they just released or, you know, they just cut, he's walking out. He's a running back, so I know that you know that that exchange is happening. Uh-huh. 
Um, and that's that's also where Chip Kelly started. He was coaching the Niners for his right. first year. It's a great yeah. example of, like, you never know who's in the room, right? Yep. And so um, I'm with them for uh, – then we actually played Chicago that – you know, that that was their next game was to play Chicago. So I just left Chicago and now I'm with the Niners we gotta go back and play Chicago. So it's like <laughs> a full circle again. <laughs> so um yeah. Um I'm with them the Niners. I don't play for about four weeks. I'm still on practice squad, three or four weeks, still on practice squad. And then um I needed a credited season. I already had two games under my belt. Um a credited season goes towards your pension and so I needed one more game you need three games I need one more game I already had played two you have to play three games in uh, six plays in order to get a credit season um, and those plays can be any play like special teams offense. Yep. all I needed was you know one more game to get my credit season to go towards my pension um, and so the last game of the season Chip Kelly he was like fighting me uh, with the GM, like, hey, look, Raheem, I'm trying to get you up there. I'm trying to get you to the roster. You're doing a great job. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. It's, com- it's coming. It's coming. You know, he was telling me this for about three weeks. And the last game of the season, I'm praying and hoping you know, that I'm just going to be bumped up and on the roster so I can get my, you know, towards my pension. Just need that one game. Sure enough, he calls me up. He's like, Raheem, you're up now. Um, you, you made it to the 53-man roster. Go out there and prove him wrong. Because he already knew, you know, what I can do. He already – he was already with me. You know, he's just like, hey, look, uh, you, you're killing it right now in practice. You're giving great looks. You're doing this, this, and this. You know, um, now it's time for you to take off. And um, that was my first opportunity I ever had. And first handoff I ever got was I got one, one handoff for six yards. Never forget Colin Kaepernick handed, handed me my first my first ever run, and um, yeah, I got my opportunity and I played six plays. Um, all right, I played yeah, I played six plays, and that was my third game. So that goes towards my pension for retirement. Yeah, I got another credit this season, so it worked out. And now I can say, I, I, ever since then, man, it's just been climbing the ladder, up man. and up and up, up and up, and never looking back. There was it. If I remember correctly, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, you know, I've kept an eye on you along the way. Um, and uh, partly because of what I said before about the work we've done and because you're a good dude. And also partly because I'm like, I know this kid can run and, and I'm keeping an eye on you for fantasy purposes. Like I want to get you while you're cheap. <laughs> and, yep. and at some point you're starting to get a couple of, couple of runs, I think this is the next year, and then you have a hamstring injury or is there something else you got injured I, along the way? I, I tore my MCL. There you go. Yeah. So, so I was because I was keeping I was, an eye, and then all of a sudden you were out again. Yeah, I was I was getting more carries the following year. So Chip had got fired, unfortunately, and then um, that's when Kyle Shanahan came into the scene and um, the whole coaching staff. And that's two thousand. This is two thousand seventeen. So two thousand seventeen, I'm a special teams guy. You know, I'm making my yeah. mark as special teams and. And then we had a couple injuries here and, and there. And that's when I'm starting to get a little bit of carries here and there. Um, I think I had like six carries for 35 yards to, to finish the season. Um, but I tore my MCL, um, you know, on the special teams play, um, being stupid, um, being over aggressive and, and trying to do extra when, you know, I never do extra in the first place. And <laughs> as ultimately, that's how I ended up tearing my ACL. I went to go push a guy off me and stuff like that. And, um, you know, he pushed me back and I landed awkward. And so I tore my stuff. So, um, yeah, that, that happened. And then out the rest of the year, come back the following year, um, you know, doing my things, same thing, special teams, and then getting some looks at running back. Now I'm really starting to break out um, against the Raiders. It was the last it was the last Battle of the Bay here in uh, Santa Clara against the Raiders. Um, the Raiders, before the Raiders moved to Vegas. You know, the Vegas. So it was the last Battle of the Bay. And um, it was, that was, like I mentioned to you earlier about highs being too high and lows being too low. Well, it was definitely one of my highest points in my career because I scored my very first touchdown. They actually counted in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it was like a 53 yarder. Um, and then just a cat, just a casual 53. Yeah. Just, 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 you just say that like, ain't no <laughs> yeah, just a casual smooth 53 yard. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, you know, like I said, it was the most, the highest of highs for me, man. Definitely a great accomplishment that, you know, ever after everything that I went through, um, definitely was the, the highest of high. And then, um, the following series was definitely the lowest of lows. Cause I broke my arm. Um, and I snapped it in half, uh, broke both bones in my right arm, um, and I needed surgery the next day. Um, you know, I get surgery. Um, they put two plates and 13 screws in my arm. And I don't know if you can see it, but yeah, the battle scar is on both sides. So I got it also right Damn, here. Bro. That's a good yeah, one. So, yeah. Um, so I've been, like I said, highs of highs and then lows of lows. Um, went through that, and that's when that mental started kicking in for me, truthfully, you know, um, just because the fact that I didn't know where I was going to be the following year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was coming off the, this injury, and, um, you know, we had backs coming in, which was fine and dandy. Like, I love competition. Don't get me wrong. I live for it. You know, I'm, I'm always going to put my best foot forward, and, you know, I've always had that mindset, hey, look, if – if it ain't with this team, it's going to be with another team. That's just that's how my career is gone. And, and why stop now? So I get I, I get to the following offseason, and I sign my uh, original round tender, um, which was, if you want to count last year, um, you know, it's three years, a three-year deal um, for special teams, you know, plays. So because that's what I do. That's, that's what that's you were at that time. Yeah. And that's what I was at the time. So, you know, signed that deal. And then I had to get another surgery on my arm because um, it was the bone wasn't growing right. And so what they had to do was they had to take um, bone marrow out of my hip and put it back into my arm. So that way it helped the healing process because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the the bone in my uh, ulna was actually shattered. And they had to like really like intricate pieces, put it back together like a puzzle. And so it wasn't a clean break like my radius. Nothing's clean in your story, man. This yeah, is like, yeah. It wasn't like you just made it to San Fran and it was all clean. You you've been through. So let me just try and recount. Seven teams have cut you. Total of maybe nine or ten cuts. Who's counting yeah. by that time? Yeah. Uh, you have a couple of injuries, a couple of surgeries. You do happen to score your first touchdown, but you 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 landed a long term deal. They must have liked who they saw, even though they only saw bits. Mm-hmm. They must have liked the dude that they saw and what they thought they might get from him. Mm-hmm. And I imagine then in the recent off season, and and you've just renegotiated for for a bit more, and yep. rightfully so, given what you've done, mm-hmm. that they're like, wow, we we got more than we bargained for when we when we signed that deal. You went out. Let's talk a little bit about this last season where yeah. you've you've landed on a lot of people's radars now because you hold multiple records for playoff performances. Yeah. Um, you had a, a great second half of the year when you really got a lot more opportunities to carry. But it really, uh, you hit the, the national stage, the international stage, because in the, na- in the game before the Super Bowl, basically carrying your team into the Super Bowl, Mm-hmm. You run for 240 yards. You 20 yards. 20, 20, 20 yards. Oh, 20 sorry. Yards. Sorry. I'm 40, trying to give you a little extra. would have been super nice. But <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, 220 will do as well because that, that gives you uh, franchise rec- franchise playoff records, multiple, because you also score four touchdowns, yep. which is insane. And I think in my research as we get on air, that uh, just before we get on air, there was – it's definitely the most in a conference championship game, but also the most first half yards and touchdowns since like the sixties or something. Like basically, you yeah. just you hold multiple NFL records now, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That one game just took it, it took people didn't know who I was until you know um, the started like midway through last season. Um, just because, I mean, I it, I've been doing this I don't know people always say like oh he wasn't doing this prior I actually was doing this type of stuff um you know when I had the opportunities when I was with Philly you know you know like I was I was out there balls to the wall 
every play was mm-hmm. like I treated it as my last play. And that's why Baltimore picked you up because they saw yeah. that. Yeah. So it was like preseason. I mean, that preseason game or that preseason, that year when I was going through those preseason games, I led all of the NFL in total yards from the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You know, it's like, so people sit here and say, oh, well, he wasn't really doing that. Yeah. Yes, I was. It just never really counted um, just because it was a preseason. I mean, an NFL team is an NFL team, how I see it, you know, and not to sound cocky or anything like that, but that's just truthful. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, if you get a chance to meet me, you'll, if, like, you know, I'm the most humble guy. Like, I'm the type that go have a beer with some a fan and be A-OK. Like, I just treat everybody with respect, and I want the same in return. Like, and so that's why I try to tell people, you know, I, I, I've been playing this type of caliber of football. It's just I've never really had an opportunity, and I think people mistake that, oh, well, you know, this person gave me an opportunity or this team gave me an opportunity. Yeah, you're right, but, I mean – I also kind of force people's hands to play me, force people mm-hmm. to put me in those positions, coaches included. So that way I'm out there on the field and I can, I'm able to do what I can do because I believe in myself, you know, just like you believe in, in your game. You, you love being a coach. You love being a guy people can come to and talk to players and from all different walks of life, come to, to Patty to talk about the mental game, the mental aspect, you know, um, how he can improve oneself. You know, you're the best at, I see, you're the best at what you do. You know, there's nobody that I know that can do what you can do. And that's the approach that I want everybody to have. You know, you know, you deserve to have your own recognition by your own, one own self. It's like, I deserve, I know what I can do. I believe in myself. I'm not going to take somebody else's word or, like I said earlier in the show, that cap. You know, I'm not going to accept their cap because their cap might be, okay, Raheem next year is going to rush for 200 yards the entire season. Well, if, if I had that in my mind, now I'm like, okay, well, I remember this one guy said I'm going to rush for yeah. 200 yards. Now you're so playing now, scared. It's like the yeah, opposite now of playing, what you're talking about earlier. Yeah, now I'm playing timid. I'm out there like I'm scared to get hit. Uh, I might cause a, a, a turnover just because I'm being careless with the ball. You know, I'm not thinking like that. My mindset is, hey, look, I'm. what do I got to do to be a gold jacket member? That's what I'm going to get done. I don't care about anything else in this world besides getting that one goal because that's the ultimate goal in my life. That's, a, that's really cool, man. I, I mean, the description there of your journey is just amazing in itself. But to have that mentality that you uh, you already had a fair, a fair bit of it when we spoke, but it's grown and grown and grown. And, oh, yeah. and to – really be a living example of don't let the highs get too high and the lows get too low. Like you are a living embodiment of the waves will be big and you can't stop them, but you can surf and you can stay steady. And that's really what you're talking about there. Yeah. Given that, that amazing journey, given the mental strength that you've developed through both some terrible personal hardship, a very long and arduous journey to the top in the NFL, and you're only just getting started because you're, you haven't run as much as other running backs have at your age. Mm-hmm. You've seen a lot along the journey, and people would describe you as tough. Like, there's, there's, there'd be very few people who wouldn't look at your story or hear your stories now and be like, oh, no, that guy's weak or that guy's average. Like, you're a tough guy. What does toughness mean to you? Toughness means, man, you know, you're not afraid to, to do what you love. You're not afraid to, to go out there and I mean, I had this t- this idea and this talk with my wife all the time, and we talk about toughness in our household. Like it's you know it it runs through everyone's blood. And who if you're in the Moster household, you have to be tough, you know. Um, and one thing we always say to each other is, "Hey, look, you know, once our children get older and they start to to pick what sports they want to do, you know." Um, if my son wants to be the, the best football player he can be, you know, he's going to be fully committed and he's going to be tough about it. He's not going to be a quitter. He's going to do what it takes. Um, if my daughter wants to be the best, best jujitsu black belt, you know, Taekwondo type, cause that's what my wife is. 
She's a black girl in Taekwondo. So. Okay. So she's yeah. tough too. <laughs> yeah. So she's <laughs> tough as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those in our household, we believe that, hey, look, you have to be mentally tough in order to be physically tough. That mental aspect, you know, if you want to be the best baker, you know, you want to be the best boss, you want to be the best, um, you know, CEO of a Fortune 500 company, you have to be tough because there's other competition out there that could be better than you, but I'm not going to allow them to be tougher than you, <laughs> you know, mentally tougher than you because, you know, if they have that edge over you, then, you know, you, you might as well just throw in the towel. You got to be completely convicted, you know, to, to what you believe in, whether that's in anything, man, you know, reading books. If you're solely convicted on reading books and, you know, you get your readings and your life lessons out of that, do that. You know, mm-hmm. it's not bad. You know, that that's your aspect of your game that you want to improve. And for you, you've given some examples there in non-sporting life. Is your advice, someone could be equally skilled as a, a lieutenant in the army mm-hmm. um, or a teacher at school, mm-hmm. and they could have equal technical skills, they could be physically as gifted, maybe even more, but you're saying that if someone is tougher than the more skilled person, they're going to get ahead. Is that your Oh, yeah, belief? definitely, yeah. I mean, why would, why would you want to have somebody that has a great skill set but they're mentally weak? Like, it just it doesn't coordinate, right? Like, when I step out onto the field, like Super Bowl, like, yeah, I'm going to have a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nervousness because I've never, ever played in the Super Bowl. I've never – I've never in my entire career won more than if it, if this been a game, if, if I've played a season, I've never won more than eight games in a season. Like put that in perspective and to get to the Super Bowl, you and have you're to in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You, if you, if you get to the Super Bowl, you have to have at least less than three games of, to lose. Like you have to, right. and there's 16 games plus three, three playoff games in a, in a season. So it's like, why like I don't get it like you have to like really be in that moment I'm not gonna look back and be like oh man I made it to the Super Bowl like I'm not the starter but I'm just I'm I don't know what's gonna happen like I'm just gonna be so nervous and I, I like I can't perform high no I'm always gonna perform high that's one two I'm gonna put my best foot forward and three I'm gonna have my I'm gonna be so mentally prepared to my opponent that he's not going to know what's going to, like, what he's facing. Like, that Super Bowl, I, I could have ran for more than 220 yards, I felt like, mm-hmm. just because I was so hyped up and ready to go that my mind was just so triggered, the fact that, hey, look, I'm tough, I'm built for this. Like, I don't, I've went through BS in my life that's tougher than this. Right. And look how I managed to deal with that, you know. It's right. like, I mean, you got to all, I, I just see it as you always got to find you always got to find something negative and turn that into your motivation into positivity. And well, that would just lead you, that would just lead you on an infinite run. <laughs> I mean, it means you can handle anything, even if you haven't faced it before. And I think that's a great, like I picked up there. So in the Super Bowl, you run, I think you get 10 or 12 carry. You end up being almost five yards of carry. You get a touchdown. Like this is a game at a level you've never played in before. Yeah, but you go out there and you play at a level that is up to what you've been doing for the yep. second half of the year, and you and you you do yourself proud. When you come into that game, even though you haven't had that experience before, do you look to the challenges that you've had in the past? Like, I, I there's a quarterback in the league who I've done uh, a lot of work with when he was younger as well, and he's now very successful. And often we would talk about just going one for one, mm-hmm. just like just let's do this play. Like, don't try and win the whole game. Don't yeah. even think about the level of the game because it doesn't matter about that. You just, you've completed a pass before. Let's just complete this pass. And if you do that often enough, you're going to win whatever game you're in, right? Yeah. Is that something you're able to look at and say, I've been through all these setbacks and I'm, I might have my first carry might not go well, but I get up behind the line of scrimmage and my next carry is just going to be, I'm going to be in this carry. I'll forget the other one. I remember the tough times I have done it. And then I go about my business. Is that is that like if your advice was to someone else, would it be to draw on past setbacks so that you know you can handle whatever's thrown at you? Oh yeah, it's like um, prime example. Okay, when you're dealing with some type of wound, right? 
you know, uh, uh, like, like say a burn on your arm, right? At first it's real sensitive, real soft. Like, you know, it, you touch it and you're like, ah, I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't touch it. I should just leave it alone. But as that skin starts to build up, it starts to feel like feel protective. It starts to get into this mode of hardship, you know, and that's something that I try to apply. Like I went through what I went through. Those wounds were, they, they hurt. They were bad. You know, my setbacks were, I, I wouldn't wish those on any person in my entire life, but that's what made me strong. I'm, I'm up here with full conviction, full, full emphasis on my journey that I'm able to share with you and with millions of other people that, you know, watch this or, or listen to anything that I say, you know, I'm able to, to share that. So that way they understand, Hey, look, he had those setbacks when he was younger. He had those setbacks when he was, you know, getting through his profession. Now look at him, you know, he's one of the most recognized guys, blah, blah, blah. I really don't care about being recognized by people. I just want people to understand my story. I just, mm. I just love to get my story out because that helps people. Like I'm, if I could just affect one person, you know, that would be the ultimate goal of mine. If I could put one smile on somebody, reading comments all the time about, Hey, your journey just helped me get through this. Like, I just, I, like, I'm in awe. Like I, I, I thank you for you listening to me. Like, you know, it's like, it, and that's the same thing that I try to, I try to, to implement in my game. You know, I've been through where I've rushed for, negative six yards i've been i've fumbled multiple times you know but i will get back up and i will keep fighting because that's what i believe in you know that's what i see myself as i don't i don't care about anything else besides in that moment and that now like you told me well, a while back when we met you know don't worry about it just have one foot in front of the other that's it's the, it, it applies to everything not just football not just sports it applies to life in general. If you have that one foot going in the right direction, nothing else behind that that heel matters. <laughs> nothing else behind that heel matters. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I, I think it's a great way to to wrap it up because you said that if you just inspire one person with your story, your journey, uh, then that's going to be worth it. All of it's yeah. worth it. I can say you already have, man. You've inspired me. I've watched your journey since we met. Yeah. Um, and and I'm really proud of you, but pumped for what lays ahead. Um, really excited for you. And, and just want to thank you for sharing your story with us, for, every, for sharing your story with everyone else, and for being a living, breathing example of someone who, no matter how big the waves get or how low things have been or how high things have been, you're still the same dude and you're still just surfing this wave that you're on right now, one foot in front of the other. Raheem Mostert, thank you very much for joining us, man, and good luck for the training camp coming up and for the season ahead. Appreciate you, Patty. Thanks for having me, man. So why is it got to be so damn uh, Excellent, busting with the best of them. Simply impressive, no worrying, a straight.